start with a very thankful and energetic song. So we need you to put your hands together and start worshiping with us. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. And I tried with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. And just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know. And he told me that I was not alone. You picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart, you changed my name. deny what I've seen Got no choice but to believe My doubts are burning Like ashes in the wind So, so long to my old friends Burden and bitterness You can't just keep it moving You're not welcome here From now till I Walk streets of gold I sing of how you save my soul This wayward one has found a way back
Come on, talk to your families. Parents, tell your kids what you're thankful for. Hallelujah. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that green. If nothing else, you should be thankful that you're here. And we're here to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's why we're here to sing this while we clap our hands. Hallelujah. Let's sing it again. You pick me up, you turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you hear my heart, you change my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior, I thank God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, church. We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? Amen. We do. You know, as we were worshiping, I was thinking about how I'm so thankful for the Lord and all he's done in my life. And I was thinking about how I'm so thankful for my family, my friends, and all they mean to me. And then I thought about you and how thankful I am for you. And here's why. Because last week I saw you come with so much love and so much appreciation. And we just really honored the Maori family in such incredible ways. And I know that warmed the Lord's heart because uh, that's a family who served the Lord faithfully for 16 years and served you and me. And so it was so good to do that. And I'm so thankful for you because of all of your prayers and all of your supports through this transition season. Uh, I can feel them, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, as I've been reading through our church survey, and our elders are reading through it, I can tell you that two things just jump out so clearly. The first one is just how much you all love Jesus. It just jumped off the page. And I tell you, there's nothing better than to be known as a church that is passionate for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And the second thing that jumped out to me was just how invested you are into Walnut Hill. That you have a sincere desire to see this church thrive in every way. And so I just loved reading your comments and reading all the things that the Lord's put on your hearts. And I'm so thankful for our elder board who prays every Thursday morning for you and for our church. And I can tell you that they're having some of the most incredible conversations right now about the future of Walnut Hill and all the dreams that we have, and all the things we long for God to do in our lives and in our community. I just want to say to you as we start this service that uh, Craig and I, as we lead through this interim season, are so confident that God is going to meet us in powerful ways. That he hasn't left us, that he's got a plan for us, and that the future is awesome. And so I want to continue to ask that you would pray for the church, and that you'd show up every week like you have today, ready to worship him. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to take a seat for a moment. I just want to share a few more things. You know, today is a significant day for us because we're concluding our theme year on Jesus. And as Craig and I were praying, how do we conclude a theme year on Jesus? We just really felt the Lord telling us we should have a Selah. In scripture, that's a pause before we jump into another service, another um, series. 
And so uh, I woke up one morning and as my eyes opened, I kid you not, I felt the Lord say to me, focus on my prayer, the Lord's prayer. And so I went back to Pastor Craig and then I went to Pastor Crystal and she and I put together the service flow for today with the help of a lot of other awesome people with creative ideas. So I wanna say this to you, instead of having one sermon today, we're gonna to have several devotionals, short devotionals. And in between those devotionals will be opportunities for you to respond to the Lord. And I pray that you do respond. I also wanna say this, that if today's flow is not good for you, no problem, come back next week. We're starting a new series and we'll resume to some more regular programming, all right? But try to lean in today. Sometimes it's good to do things a little bit different. So I want you to consider this. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, did you know that Harry Styles' song, As It Was, was the most streamed song in 2022 with 1.5 billion plays? Can you imagine that? Do you know this song? Something like... Um Anyone know that song? Okay, good. I didn't play it that well, but that's how it goes. If you don't know that song, just turn on your radio. I'm sure you'll hear it soon. But now I want you to consider this. It's estimated that the Lord's Prayer was prayed at least 22 billion times last year, and that just includes weekly services and masses. When you, when you consider the, week, the daily prayers that people have in their lives, easily it's been prayed 40 billion times, and it's being been prayed for 2,000 years. Imagine the stream count on the Lord's Prayer. Clearly the Lord's Prayer beats out Harry Styles, right? But what is the Lord's Prayer? Yeah, we can clap for that, it's good. What is the Lord's Prayer and why is it important to us? You know, I just wanna set the context a little bit. You know, when Jesus chose his disciples and his disciples followed him, he became a rabbi. And a rabbi was a spiritual teacher, a spiritual leader. And disciples would follow a rabbi because they wanted to learn more about the scriptures. They wanted to learn how to interpret the scriptures, how to apply the scriptures to daily life. They wanted their lives to reflect the word of God. And so they wanted their lives to model that of their rabbi. And so in the book of Luke, we see that uh, Jesus was praying. And as he concludes his prayer, one of the disciples goes up to him and does what every good disciple should do. He said, Lord, teach me to do what you were just doing. In other words, teach us to pray. And so Jesus turned and said, this then is how you should pray. And he began to speak out the Lord's prayer that we know today. And it's a beautiful prayer, isn't it? It's a beautiful prayer to pray to the Lord, but it's also a significant prayer because within the prayer is a model of how we should approach our Lord and the most important things to him. So this morning, we're gonna sit at the Lord's feet and learn how to pray. Amen? Amen. I'd like for you to turn your attentions to the screen now.
Such a powerful prayer, isn't it? And I wanna, I wanna thank Tim Reed for putting that together. That's our very own Tim Reed. Doesn't he have an amazing voice? I think he does, amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, the danger with the Lord's Prayer is as soon as I start to speak that out, you begin to fill in the next line of the Lord's Prayer. If at first you don't succeed, you see how fast you did that? And that's what happens with the Lord's Prayer if we're not careful. So today, we wanna to take it phrase by phrase, in some cases, word by word. Our Father. Our Father. You know, the original Greek word here is pater. It's the word used to speak of your biological father. In Matthew 2, speaking of James and John, scripture says this, they immediately left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. That's pater. Father also referred to your ancestry. And so in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus said this, do not think that you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. So when Jesus was teaching them to pray our father, it was significant for at least two reasons. One, it reminded them of where they came from, their strong, deep, long roots of faith. And it reminds us of the same thing. Your faith didn't just come from you. You've been following a faith that's thousands and thousands of years old, our father. The second reason is that it taught them that they were the sons and daughters of God. They had a father in heaven. And that changes everything because at that point, the Lord wasn't thought of in that kind of intimate way. And so we have to think of the Lord as our father. We're approaching a loving father, a good father, the one who cares so deeply about you, the one who saw you this morning when your eyes opened, the one who saw you driving in your car to church today and knew your heart, knew your thoughts, knew your failings and said, that's my son. That's my daughter. I love them so much. We have a father and he is in heaven. He's in heaven. This is good to know because our father isn't like our earthly fathers who fail us sometimes and let us down or make mistakes. Our father is the one who spoke the world into existence. The one who is familiar with a hundred billion galaxies that just the Hubble telescope can see alone. And astrophysicists know that there's at least 200 billion galaxies and our father created each one. And her father knows each one. Imagine the joy he had creating those. So he's our powerful father. He's our almighty God. He's our creative father. He's our dad. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, which means may your name be kept holy. You know, and this is a call for us to remember that we approach God. He is our holy God. He's perfect in every way. Can you imagine that? Your father is perfect in every way. And because of that, that should lead us to want to thank him. That should lead us to want to praise him and worship him. And so I was considering how do we respond to our father in heaven? And very clearly the doxology came to my mind. We're gonna sing the doxology this morning. You know, the doxology was written in 1709. It was written by Bishop Thomas Ken. You're probably familiar with at least the verses. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen, which means so be it. You know, I love this is that when Thomas wrote this, he wrote it for his students at Oxford University. He wrote this so that when his students would wake up in the morning, they would have something to sing that would align their heart with the Lord. 
And it says that he wrote it so that when they went to bed at night, before they closed their eyes, they'd have something to center them on the Lord. And I love this. It even says that he wrote it so that if they had a sleepless night, they would have something to turn to immediately when their eyes opened in the middle of the night. So church, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to learn the doxology. We're going to sing it one time through as practice. And as we do that, we're going to sing it to each other. Then we're going to take a big risk. And we're going to learn the harmony parts to the amen. All right? We'll see how that goes. And then we're going to sing the whole thing again as worshiped to God. So this is our note. I just want to hear you sing. Mm -hmm. A little louder, please. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. good for a first try that was a good practice right <laughs> i even heard some harmony parts out there well done so here's how we're going to do this we're going to practice the harmony if you're right in front of me including if you're in derby in front of me or if you're at home in front of me your job is just to stay on this note amen let's try that together amen one more time amen. excellent all right if you're over here on this side i want you to try this amen try it with me okay Amen. One more time. Amen. Okay, if you're over here on the far left, Amen. Try it together. Amen. One more time. Amen. All right. Uh, uh, uh. Here we go. Amen. Beautiful. One more time. Amen. All right. Now I want you to fix your eyes on the Lord. As we pray these words, you're praying to your Father in heaven. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here be. Craig Horn to join us now as he speaks to us about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it was in heaven. Morning church, how are we doing today? Everyone doing good? I have a, I have a very powerful piece to speak about, I'm really excited. This is like one of my favorite pieces in the Lord's Prayer. It's powerful, it's exciting, and there's a challenge at the end. You know, Jesus was clever when he did this prayer. He said, 
the kingdom come piece, he wanted the disciples to pray that because he wanted buy-in. He wanted to see if they were in it. They had skin in the game. He wanted them to know that it wasn't just a present kingdom. It was a future kingdom. It was an eternal kingdom. And he was just having them pray that prayer to be part to build that kingdom. And God wants the same for you and me. He wants the same of you and me, that we, his disciples, would build his kingdom. Because his will will be done. You know that, right? Like it doesn't get stopped. His will will be done. In fact, God does not need you to build his kingdom. Listen to that again. God does not need you to build his kingdom. He has the beauty. He wants you. He invites you. He calls you. He commissions you to build his kingdom. The invitation is huge. His will will be done. His will will be done on heaven as it is on earth. He has the challenge. He's calling you and me to be the hands and feet. We are his A plan. There's no other plan. We are the plan. As scary as that sounds, we are the plan. You and me. We are to bring heaven to earth. Wherever we go, we are to bring heaven to earth. The Father's love, the Father's joy, the Father's hope, the Father's forgiveness. That is our responsibility. And now you're saying to me, wow, that's massive. I don't think I can do it. You're correct. You cannot. It's not possible on your own. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. God in us that enables us to be the hands and feet. Now you're saying, well, I, I don't really know what that looks like. Good question. We look to Jesus. Jesus was the perfect example of bringing heaven to earth. Wherever he went, he touched the lives of those he encountered. And you sitting there have the ability to do the same. You're in places that we cannot be. You've been placed in places to do the things that we cannot do. You have been chosen. You have been invited to build the kingdom. Man, that's a beautiful challenge. We have been invited by the creator of the universe to do his work. That's a beautiful thing. I get excited when I see people being their hands and feet. So right now, I would love you to clap for, wait for, see what you're clapping for, because <laughs> it could be anything. Our high schoolers that are going on mission trips, let's give them a hand. They're gonna be the hands and feet. Bring them up over here. Come up, high schoolers. I have Pastor Lance gonna pray over them. They're going to Virginia. They're going to Costa Rica. They're going to Danbury. They're going to Waterbury. You guys come along the line over here. This is great. What a great reception. Thank you, everybody. So this is part of the team that is going to the, we have three different missions trips. We're going to Costa Rica, we're going to Appalachia in West Virginia, and we're going up to, to Johnny and Friends. Um, so in total, there's 35, I think, that are going, um, and there's seven of these students who are doing more than one trip. They're actually doing two trips, so that's exciting. So what we want to do is we want to pray, and each one of these people that are up here, we have formed a prayer team where we've actually, or you're supposed to have reached out to people and asked them to be on your prayer team to pray 
before we go, why we're there, uh, and when we come home for the trip and so that God is actually working in each one of us. So my request to each one of you guys here, everyone at the campuses and at home, would you guys please join us and be part of that team? Um, so we're gonna be going in, in August. Um, in July, many of these students are gonna be going to summer camp, so we know God will be working in them uh, there as well. Um, but we're asking for you guys to be part of that prayer team with us, uh, to be praying for before we go, to, for God to prepare our hearts, why we're there, that God can use us to affect those that we're there for, but also doing works in each one of us, because we know that when we go, God uh, does a whole bunch of stuff in us too. Um, and then when we come home, because then there's always that time when you come home from a missions trip, you, you, you start thinking, was it even worth it that I went? And yes, it was, but we don't want to allow anything to cloud our thoughts even when we're home from those things. All right, so right now we're gonna pray. So I'm asking you, as, a, as a, is our tradition, please extend a hand um, for, for us up here um, and everyone up here, if you guys could just have your hands open to accept. All right, so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that we can stand here before our church um, being commissioned to go on these missions trips. Lord, I thank you for the heart of every single person up here that they were willing to, to give their time, to give their talents, to give their money uh, to go on these trips, Lord. And I pray that while we're there, um, we can affect those that we are going to be serving, um, but also, Lord, that you can be doing a work in each one of us, that you can be doing a work in each one of these students and leaders while we're there, Lord, that we can have our hearts open to what you want uh, for each one of us, Lord. So Lord, we're, we're excited. We already thank you in advance for safe travels. Um, we thank you in advance for the people that we are going to be interacting with. And Lord, we praise you for this time that we have. Lord, thank you for the people that are gonna be on our prayer team. Thank you for every single person um, at this church, uh, Walnut Hill, for, for praying for us and keeping us on, on, on their minds while we're away and when we get home, Lord. So Lord, thank you for this, this group of students and leaders and we praise you for what you're doing. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. So my name is Greg. I'm one of the other youth pastors here. Many of you in this room uh, and, and watching online, you've been spending time praying for these students. And many of you uh, have, have helped pay for this trip. You have contributed financially. And so we just want to say to you, thank you. What, what, what you have done, your, your financial gift allows these things to happen, that these students can go out and they can be the hands and feet of Jesus. They can experience what it means to bring the gospel, the good news to the world. So thank you for your help. Uh, if you would like to contribute further, there's no pressure, uh, but if, if, if this is maybe the first time you're, you're hearing about these trips or you feel today like, oh, I really need to, to, to do something else to help, there are some cards out there we would love for you to, to contribute to, to, to be a part of that. So thank you. All right, as these guys are making their way down, I'll bring my bit to a close. I want to thank those that have signed up for summer camp. Um, you can still sign up for that if you want. I want to just also thank those that are signing up for the food pantry over the summer. Thank you for that. And some of you are sitting there and saying, I'm doing nothing. Well, don't say that, all right? Wherever you are, that is your mission. God has placed you at your work or socially, where you eat, where you hang, where you do your sports. You are the hands and feet. You are the church. So I'm just going to pray a prayer for all of us outside. If you guys can just... Lay your hands out like that. It's a posture of, of receiving. And we're just gonna pray that this summer that the Lord will engage us in such a way that the Spirit will lead us to speak of this awesome Jesus. All right, let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I just, I'm thankful that you are a great God. I'm thankful that your love for us is not in question, as you gave us Jesus. And Jesus, I'm thankful for the sacrifice you've given us, the life you've given us, the breath you've given us. And Holy Spirit, I pray now, as our hands are raised towards you in a posture of receiving, that you would release your spirit over these people, that we would be the church, that would be your hands and feet where you've placed us. Even now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just touch those that are waiting to receive your touch. May your breath just touch them. May they be renewed. May they be filled. May they be challenged. May they be excited to do the things that you've called them to do. And Jesus' people said, amen, amen. Right now, we, this is family service. This is one of my favorite times. I just want to honor the kids. Kids, give me your hands. Give me a little wave. They're there somewhere. There they are. We want to tell you that you have value and worth. You have a plan and purpose, and never forget, God loves you, and we love you, but it's time to leave. All right, so kids, if you can make your way down over there, that'll be great. If you're on the online community, right now it's time to check in with your host, say, Hedy, Hedy, howdy, doody, and if you're outside there, just turn around and say hi to the person next to you. God bless, guys. All right, all right. Are we having fun already? I think so. I think we're having fun. I want to just formally introduce myself. If you're new or visiting, my name is Adam DePasquale. I serve as one of the lead pastors here at Walnut Hill. We're so glad that you're with us. I want to invite you to be praying for Pastor Craig Mowry. He left today with 36 others from the church to go to Israel as part of our annual trip to Israel. Amen. I tell you, if you've been to Israel, you know how transformative it is in uh, your life. So please be in prayer for them. Also, I just want to say, if you came in after I gave the introduction to the service, we're doing something different today. We're focusing on the Lord's Prayer. And so instead of having one sermon, we're having several different devotional times. But again, if this is uncomfortable for you, the church hasn't changed in one week, I promise you. Come back next week, and we're starting a new series. So um, I want to introduce now... Give us today our daily bread. If you would, please turn your attention to the screen. Give us today our daily bread. These are the next words in the Lord's Prayer. You know, when I think about this passage, I, I ask myself, what is Jesus saying to the disciples? Why is, he, why is he giving them these particular words? A lot of times we see Jesus doing this wonderful thing where he looks back in order to make a teaching moment, and also to look forward. And I think he's doing that here. I think he's calling their imagination back to that wilderness wandering time right after the Exodus where the, the Israelites were having to rely on the Lord in a really practical way. And that practical way was literally bread, manna, from heaven every day providing their need for food. Now, do you remember the early days in the wilderness, what happened? Pretty interesting what they did. The manna came down from heaven and they gathered up more than they actually needed for that day. I think it's the same thing that we'd probably do because we want to provide for our families, right? We want to make sure that everyone is cared for. But what happened was when they woke up the next morning, the manna was spoiled. It was no good. And, but what they found is all around them was what they needed for that day. And I think the Lord Jesus is telling his disciples, as he's telling us, I'm going to provide for you what you need this day. He wants us to consciously and continually rely upon him. 
moment by moment, day by day. I think what he's saying to us is that we don't need to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to be anxious about tomorrow. There are enough troubles and concerns for, the, for today. We don't need to get caught up with it. He wants us to instead focus on those, the truths that he's given us and be thankful for what he's given us today and watch what he's gonna do as he provides for tomorrow. He wants to remind us that because he was faithful yesterday, we can count on him to be faithful today. The history there shows us that our God is so good and he loves us so much. And then he says all of our needs, not just some of our needs. And I think those are our spiritual needs, but they're also our physical needs. He wants to provide for us as we lean on him, as we trust him. But it goes beyond that even. It goes beyond that to our church family. He wants to provide for us as well. You know, the Lord has great plans and purposes for you and for me, and he has great plans and purposes for our church. And I think it is so beautifully manifest in these words, give us today our daily bread. Thank you so much, Pastor Craig. He recorded that before he got on that plane to go to Israel. So we have an opportunity right now to respond to our faithful God who gives us every day the things that we need. And it's not just corporately as a church. If we seek him, he gives us those things that we need individually. I know when I say, what do you need? Something immediately comes into your heart and your mind. It's an opportunity for you to think about those things that you might need and really hand them over to the Lord because he is the one who is faithful and true and good and he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So in this moment, we are going to worship the Lord in a bit of a different way for us here at Walnut Hill. We're going to do a responsive reading. And all that is is an opportunity for us to read scripture together, to ascribe worth, and to worship God together. We're going to read from Psalm chapter 111. So if you could stand with me if you're able. Online, please stand as well. We would really love for you to completely engage with us in this. And for my friends in the valley out there with Pastor Lynn, we would so love to worship the Lord with you in this way as well. So let's pray as we prepare our hearts for this very special moment. Oh, great, mighty, and powerful God, we acknowledge today that you are the faithful one. You are good. You are true. You are the one who gives us every day exactly what we need, nothing more and nothing less. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to not worry about the things that we think that we need today, that we don't have today, but you're telling us we don't have them today because we don't need them. So I pray, Lord, that we would find our strength. We would find our hope. We would find you in all in all, God. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us, strengthen our faith, strengthen our trust in you to provide all that you are. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open our eyes so that we can see what God is doing in our lives and the way that he provides for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what's going to happen is I'm going to read the parts marked leader, and then you'll join me for the parts that are marked congregation. So let's read Psalm 111 together. Please join in again as where it says congregation. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. 
He causes us to remember his wonderful works, how gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true, to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. Amen and amen. You can take your seats. Thank you so much. So we have covered in the Lord's Prayer our Father. We have a Father in heaven who is good, who is strong, who is powerful, who is mighty. He is holy, and he calls us to be holy as he is holy. We've covered your kingdom come, your will be done. We're declaring that we are disciples, the people of God who should do and be all that God has called us to do and be, be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we go. We've declared that our God is our provider as we say, give us today our daily bread. And right now, the Lord is inviting us into something really special. He's calling us to ask him to forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who are our debtors. Jesus is calling us, he's inviting us into forgiveness in two ways. He's asking us to ask the Lord for forgiveness. And he's calling us to commit to forgive. They're two very different things. And why do you think Jesus is asking us these things? Well, simply put, shalom. We can have shalom in our life as we extend forgiveness and as we receive forgiveness. But shalom isn't just peace. We know it's not just a singular word. It is completeness. It is wholeness. It is health, safety, and prosperity. It is harmony. Shalom is the peace that passes all understanding. Shalom is a peace that you can only have in a relationship with God. Shalom is peace with God and with other people. So this is what the Lord is calling us to. We need to step in and ask him for forgiveness. Now, why? Why does this happen? Why can we not have peace with God? Well, it started in the garden. Adam and Eve ruined it for us. They made sure that sin entered the world, and so we could not have a, a good, peaceful relationship with, with our God and Father. It says in Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and fallen short of his glorious standard. So all of us are victims of sin or victim to sin, but we don't have to stay that way. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, when we put our faith in him, we have an opportunity to be restored, to be in right standing with God, and we can be free. We can be free from sin by asking for forgiveness from God our Father. So what does it look like? What does it look like to ask for forgiveness? Well, first, you confess your sin. You say, Lord, this is where I've got it wrong. This is the way that I've walked that was not in your will. And then you trust. You trust that he'll do what he says. You trust that he'll do what his word says. It says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And now his cleansing isn't like our cleansing. This made me think of a stain that was on my, my son's shirt from chocolate pudding. 
I was scrubbing that thing and had to wash it and wash it, and there's still a little bit of a residue that remains. But when God forgives, there's no residue. It's completely washed away. In the word, it says, he casts our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west. He casts our sins into the depths of the ocean. It is so far from us that there is no blemish, no spot that remains. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so that is what it looks like to receive forgiveness. And it's so important that we receive forgiveness, not just so that we can have peace, not so that we can have shalom, but because God is calling us to extend forgiveness. His forgiving mercy is poured into us so it can be poured out of us. We have the opportunity to forgive others. We're enabled, we're equipped to forgive other people because we have received forgiveness from God our Father. Now, I know forgiveness is a very, very touchy subject. I know that forgiveness can be very difficult. And for those of you who are hurting today, your pain is real. I'm not saying that it's not. And I'm not saying that you have to forget. But you do have to extend forgiveness because this is who we are. This is, gives us the opportunity to show the world who Jesus really is when we forgive like Jesus does. So how do we do that? The only way that we can is by asking Holy Spirit for help. We have to say, Holy Spirit, show us the people we need to forgive. Holy Spirit, heal our hearts and our minds so that we can forgive. And Holy Spirit, help me to walk this forgiveness out. And in the moments where you're choosing to forgive, you're not just saying, oh, Lord, I forgive everyone. You're being specific. You're saying, Lord, I forgive this person for this thing. And then you're handing it over to our God who was so good to us and so capable. He wants to bind up our hearts and heal the wounds of the pain and the feelings that are associated with unforgiveness, you know, bitterness, anger, resentment. This is an opportunity for us to receive our healing and then to experience peace. Because I know what you know what it's like when you haven't forgiven someone. You feel mad, you feel tight. I, like, I know my face feels like it's all scrunched up all the time. But that is not what the life that God wants us to have. He wants us to be free from unforgiveness. So this is the second thing that God is telling us as we pray and forgive us our debts if we also have forgiven our debtors. He wants us to not only receive forgiveness for ourselves, but to be able to extend forgiveness to other people. <laughs> and you know what is so important about this is that when we do this, we really do show the world something completely different because the world is about seeking vengeance, getting back at people, canceling people. It's an opportunity for us to show the world that we are disciples by our love and our forgiveness of other people. So I pray that you would, when you pray this, that you would pray it like you mean it, that you would ask the Lord for forgiveness and that you too would extend forgiveness. Amen. So now we're going to transition to this opportunity we have to remember. To remember the price that Jesus paid for us. To remember the cross. To remember that we can be forgiven because he paid it all on that cross. So this is an opportunity we're going to take as we take communion together.
You know, on the night when he was to be betrayed, Jesus took some bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So when we remember today, we remember the cost of the forgiveness that Jesus says that we can have. The cost was his body that was broken for us. So today I'm going to ask you to stand. You're going to come forward to receive communion if you're in person. If you're online, it's a perfect time for you to go ahead and grab your communion elements. You're going to go out the left side of your your row, come down, and then circle back around and go to the right. And when you take your when you get your bread and your juice, you can take your bread when you get back to your seat whenever you're ready. But please hold the juice because it's something, a beautiful tradition we have here at Walnut Hill that we take the juice together in unity as the body of Christ. So now let me pray and I'll send you on your way. Oh Lord, we just thank you so much for your body broken for us. We thank you, Lord, that it was costly, but you weren't afraid to pay the cost. That we were all worth it to you. So I pray, Lord, that in these moments that we would receive your forgiveness freshly today. That we would examine ourselves for those things that we have done that are not in line with your will. And we would ask you to forgive us because you will, because you promised. I pray, Lord, that you would release my friends today from their own hangups, their guilt, their shame. And you would set them free today as you forgive, as they receive your forgiveness today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and come forward. Sing me songs as I often do. Every summer day, and you never do. So I throw my hands, praise you again and again. So Praise you again. 
Can we sing that chorus again? So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a
worship you. We are grateful people because we know our forgiveness came at a cost. And you willingly broke your body and shed your blood for us so that we could be free and receive your forgiveness. And on that same night after supper, the Lord took a cup and said, this is a new covenant between God and his people represented in my blood. So let's take the cup together as we consider the new covenant. You know, this new covenant is where our forgiveness is. And part of the cost, we know that Jesus paid it, but there's something for us to do. He wants us to commit to forgiving others, to extending forgiveness. We're going to sing this song called I Surrender All. And I really believe that the Lord is calling us to not just commit to, to forgiving, but to surrender the pain that people have caused us. To surrender those feelings of anger and hurt and bitterness and us wanting to hold on and to be mad. Sometimes we like that, but God is saying, no, it's time for us to surrender, to release those things so we can receive his shalom in our lives. So let me pray for us as we go into this moment. Oh, dear Jesus, our hands are open because we want to release the pain. We want to forgive God. Holy Spirit, come. Help us. Show us the people we need to forgive. Show us the places where we have anger and bitterness and we want to seek revenge. Show us those places, God, so that we can be free, so we can forgive. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
want to wait here for a moment. We're going to sing, I surrender all to the King of Kings. I want you to think about all the things in your life that you want to surrender right now. Just get those in your heart. Let this be a full surrender. Here we go. seated and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one what is temptation you know in the book of James this is the James who scholars believe was likely the brother of Jesus the James who was a pillar in the church in Jerusalem and many considered him the head of the church in Jerusalem this James wrote this and remember when you are being tempted do not say God is tempting me God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So temptation is something that leads us astray from the things of the Lord. And temptation does not come from God. Here, James tells us that it comes first from ourselves, right? And so when Jesus teaches us to pray, 
lead us not to temptation, the first thing he's doing is it's an admission in ourselves that we are broken, we are sinful, that by ourselves we are capable of making destructive decisions in our lives. And it's an admission that we need the Lord's help. You know, when we're saying, Lord, lead us not in temptation, we're really saying, Lord, keep us from our weaknesses. You know my vulnerabilities. You know all the things that lead me astray. Would you help me, Lord? I need your help. And I love uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul wrote this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, you catch that? When. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You know, church, in, in our lives, there will be trials. There will be tests. There will be temptation. But the Lord is telling us we have a choice. And when we pray, lead us not into temptation, it's our ways of fixing our eyes on Jesus and remembering the one who can deliver us, the one who can show us the way out, the one who wants us to be victorious. You know, when Jesus was being tempted in the desert in Matthew chapter 4, we see that it says that he was tempted by the tempter, the evil one. And so not only are we tempted by the things and desires in our own life, but there's actually the evil one looking to lead you astray, looking to wreck, bring havoc into your life, wanting you to fail. And yet in 2 Thessalonians, Paul says this, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Did you hear me? The Lord will guard you from the evil one. This is a promise. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to guard you. Look to the Lord. You know, uh, one of our senior pastors had a spiritual father named Alex Buchanan. Many of you may remember him. When he would come here, he would teach us about spiritual warfare, what biblical spiritual warfare looked like. And he would often say, exalt Jesus, dismiss the devil. It's an incredibly biblical concept. It comes from James 4. James 4 tells us as we submit our lives to Jesus, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we resist the devil and the devil will flee. Did you hear me? The devil will flee. Amen. So as I was reflecting on perhaps the greatest way we could exalt Jesus today. By the way, do you know what exalt means? Exalt means to raise someone or something to a higher place than anything else in the world. You exalt Jesus. You're lifting him up. Can you get that picture? How can we exalt Jesus today? And I thought about what if we sang one of the most vibrant, passionate worship songs to Jesus that we could think of and blow the roof off the church, exalting Jesus. Imagine what the devil would do. Amen? Fully. So I want to invite you to stand. I'd like to say um, that I can be a pretty subdued person. I think you know that. But I know when there's a time to make a joyful noise to the Lord as the Bible says. And so we're going to try something out here. I'm going to make a swell. That's when the band plays a chord. We're going to lift the chord up. And as we lift the chord up, would you lift your voices to Jesus? Not to one another, but to Jesus, proclaiming who he is in your life and how he is victorious. Here we go. I know you know this one. Let's go. Hallelujah. 
your mercy enduring forever. People from every nation, people from every nation and time, from generation to generation, we worship you.
Let's stay standing. You know, church, I love the lyrics of that song. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to every generation. You know, our faith is an international faith. It's a cross-cultural faith. It's an intergenerational faith, isn't it? And here at Walnut Hill, we love to say that the Lord is building a house that looks like heaven. Amen. So in a moment, we're actually going to pray the entire Lord's Prayer together. But before we do that, I want to invite my friends to come forward, and we're going to speak for you the Lord's Prayer spoken in five different languages that are spoken here at Walnut Hill. We'll hear in English, in French, in Spanish, in Twai, which is a language from Ghana, and in Portuguese. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Que ton règne vienne, que ta volonté soit faite sur la terre comme au ciel. Danos hoy nuestro pan cotidiano. Na fayen aka cheyen, sedye yen suyed, wong a wadiyen aka. E não nos deixes cair em tentação, mas livra-nos do mal. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Isn't that beautiful? Can you imagine what the Lord's Prayer sounds like in 195 countries from around the world? Amen. You know, as we conclude this theme year in Jesus, it's been our prayer that we would each grow further in our relationship with Jesus than ever before. And today, it's our prayer that the Lord has revitalized this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, in our lives, so that when we pray it, we mean it, and we can pray it with passion. So church, I want to now invite you all together to pray the Lord's Prayer. And wait for it to come on the screens. Okay. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 So in just a moment, we're going to close by singing the doxology as our benediction. What a fitting way to do it. Before we do that, I just want to invite our prayer servants to come forward. If you have any prayer needs after church, please just come forward and, uh, and be prayed for. Also, if you're new today, we would love the opportunity to greet you. We have a gift for you at our Get Connected table right outside in the fellowship hall. This week is our last week to our fiscal year, and we are so close to finishing well. Church, I just want to encourage you to give to the Lord. Give to him out of a gracious and generous heart. And uh, if you feel led to give a special gift this week, we'd be grateful. You can give online. You can give in the basket on the way out. You could write a check and mail it to Walnut Hill. Next week, we're starting a new series called By Faith, based on Hebrews chapter 11. I don't want to give away too much, but it's going to be an awesome series and really fun and adventurous. Adventurous, what does that mean? Come on out and find out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss next week. And today... It's ice cream Sunday. On the way out, there's ice cream sandwiches, and we'd love for you to hang around a little bit longer just to fellowship and enjoy time together. Now, church, I'm going to play us a G, and I want us to kind of get in tune here, and then I would really love for us to sing to the Lord with full hearts 
the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy. 